0: Alright, welcome back to Start From Chatter. My name is George Jonker and joining me on today's host panel is Von Lindemann. Hello! And Michaela Chetty. Hello! We are third year Bachelor of Education students at Stellenbosch University. We are continuing our discussion on teacher wellness and how discipline and classroom management all play into each other.
1: So with us today we have an expert in the studio, Mrs. Jona Nell. She is a vivacious lecturer at Stellenbosch University, which makes her a perfect lecturer for our Afrikaans home language and isiXhosa communication modules. Hello, Mrs. Yana Nell.
2: Hello, Vilniely. Hello, George.
1: How does it feel to be in studio today and talk to us about education, one of your great passions?
2: First of all, I want to say thank you. It is really a great privilege. It's really an honor, actually, because yes, education and teaching is, is my great passion and students, you guys are my other great passion. I love what I do and I am really honored.
3: So thank you. Thank you for inviting me. It's, a, it's actually a really big pleasure to have you here. So our first question starting off is how did you experience your first year as a newly qualified teacher with regards to your wellness?
2: Right. I'm um, sorry, I, I actually also didn't say hello to you. <laughs> My apologies. <laughs> so first of all, teaching, it's not easy. Um, I think that after your, your practical that you did now, you would have also experienced that. We, we know that. It's probably one of the most difficult occupations. Therefore, the well-being of a first-year teacher and of teachers um, will definitely depend and be influenced, I think, strongly by the support that one will get from your co-teachers, as well as a mentor teacher that will assist you, especially in your first year of teaching. The school environment that will also influence uh, your well-being as a first-year teacher, um, the the support that you get and the support that the school will provide to you. My first year was tough, I'm going to be honest. I was very lucky. I was at a, a very supportive school environment and that's why I'm I'm making a lot of emphasis on support. The principal was extremely supportive. Um, she really took us by the hand and, and assisted us in our first year teaching. We had to learn quickly. We had to learn and I think one key aspect that you that you have to do as a first-year teacher and as teachers is, is planning. If your planning is organized and your planning is systematic, that will enhance your well-being. I think being unprepared will cause a lot of anxiety. Another aspect that I would recommend is staff development and regular sessions with the staff where teachers will feel appreciated, where they will feel that they are heard, that they are seen. That will definitely also assist with the well-being of a teacher.
0: Nice, thank you. On that note of classroom management, in our previous recording, we actually spoke to a bunch of teachers and the discussion on disciplining children actually came up. So how do you define classroom management and discipline?
2: So, I'm going to borrow a bit of a textbook that I also really, I'm very fond of it, is Effective Classroom Management Tools. So, this is Fundir and Creer, and they actually define classroom management as it's a planned, organized activities, and it's procedures that will allow for effective teaching and learning to take place. So, effective classroom management, you will hear me talk a lot about, first of all, planning, being well-planned, having enough activities Having differentiated instructions for learners with different needs, trying to have a calm and problem-solving environment, and consistency. I think consistency is key that learners feel safe when they know a teacher is consistent, they know what to expect, then that will assist with helping that the class has minimal disruptions and disciplinary problems that falls under classroom management. So classroom management is you as a teacher, you are the manager of the class. So you plan, you have activities, you know that When one learner is working a bit quicker than others, you have something that you can already give to that child to do. You know how to assist the learners who struggle. I always say a child that is bored will cause mischief because the child is bored. You need to always think ahead. So that will I will define that as classroom management. Then your second question about discipline. Uh, discipline is more having a fair and consistent way, I'm, I'm emphasizing con- being consistent, establishing a fair and consistent way of promoting good behavior and dealing with misbehavior. I think the important thing when it comes to establishing your discipline routine in the class is that your learners should also be part with setting up the rules. They should feel it's their classroom as well. It's not just the teachers giving the rules and the, t- the children need to listen. Not at all. They need to be part of that. So your children should agree. I always say with your discipline you try to promote good behaviour. You try to reward. Uh, we want to focus on positive discipline skills. But yes, you have to have a system of dealing with misbehaviour. Yeah, just a practical example. In my teaching, I had a point system. So the children knew that unfortunately certain behaviour would result in them getting points. And after receiving a few points, then unfortunately I I need to inform their parents. And I always told my children, we don't want to focus on that. We want to focus on on getting rewards and and talking about abiding to our rules so that we can have fun in the class, so that we can learn. So we, you try a lot to, to be positive with your rules. Speak about it, it's our rules. We set it up. That's why I say when you set up rules, do it with your children. Now, I saw that
1: you talk about the positive reinforcement. Do you maybe think that there's a definite link between classroom management and how your teacher wellness is overall?
2: Definitely. Um, There's a saying that you cannot pour from an empty cup. As a teacher, you need to take care of yourself. You need to take care of your own well-being because in the day, you are going to give and give and give. So you need to make sure in the morning when you start that I always refer to a jelly bean, let's say a little jelly bean box or jelly bean glass. So you have a lot of jelly beans in the morning and you give jelly beans the whole day the whole day you give to your children. So you need to make sure that you do something for yourself that will assist with your well-being because children, they also deserve, they deserve you to have, you know, all your jelly beans um, together, if I can put it like that. So there's definitely a link and that's where consistency and planning comes into play. If you see a child is getting a bit busy in the class or the child uh, is not focused anymore, not being negative, but maybe asking the child, can you quickly go and run and quickly uh, put out the dustbin for me, quickly run, 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 let's see how fast you can run. Or. I, I had a system in place where I had a few children in my class that I knew I can't really leave them alone if I have to quickly go and copy something or go down to the office or go to the bathroom. Um, and then I said to them, oh, I need my bodyguards. Bodyguards, come, 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 come with me. Let's go, let's go. And then they will walk with me. And then they they knew, they probably knew that I am i don't trust them there in the class, but not, I'm not going to let them, I'm not going to tell them, listen, no, I, I can't trust you, so you need to come with me. Never do that to a child. Everyone wants to feel acknowledged and wants to wants yeah wants to get recognition. Um, and then I will tell them, "Oh, you guys are keeping
3: me safe. Thank you." And then they will walk with me, and no problems. <laughs> so I, I just want to comment on that because I think from my interpretation and what I what I'm hearing is you have a very unconventional method towards classroom management, and I want to know. What inspired you to start thinking like this? What led you to this place? Because I think it's it's essential. It's beautiful in our context. Thank you. Thank you so much.
2: I think I learned the hard way. In my first year, I, I, you, you want to come and you want to control. In my first year of teaching. And then it was difficult. My first year of teaching was very difficult and I struggled with discipline. I'm going to be honest. It wasn't just you know get everything right Um, and then I had to go and reflect and I had to go see what was what were the things that I really struggled with and things that that I struggled with was I got emotionally um, involved in the in the sense of I would get angry and then the children would see I'm angry and then I would even raise my voice a lot and then they would realize oh teacher's raising her voice and you almost lose that respect and then I started realizing but all children and all, all human beings, everyone wants to be loved, wants to get acknowledgement. And then I tried to, to turn it around and I said, okay, we're not going to focus on negativity in the class. We are going to reward positive behavior and we're going to. Focus on on always acknowledging, oh, thank you, you remembered to put your hand up. Thank you for that because now I was able to see that you wanted to say something and now we can listen to you and now you also gave someone else a chance to speak. And I think also letting the children feel important, not letting a child hear the whole time, oh, you are not behaving well, I'm disappointed. (laughs) No one wants to hear that. In the end, you're working with little hearts and you are working with little human beings. So... The moment I started thinking more positive and being consistent, that consistency is key. Your learners need to know, yes, they will have misbehavior, and then you also need to have a protocol in place. So it's not just all positive, positive, positive. Uh, We try, but you need to have a system in place. So they need to know if, for example, they're going to be rude to someone or they're disrespectful, they will get points. But something that I always told my children is, at the beginning of every term we all start new we all start fresh we don't take things over and over because we we all make mistakes so we start fresh we i believe in many chances and the children i think they also realize wow i'm getting another chance again this this term i don't want to get a lot of points um yeah <laughs>
3: thank
1: you i actually want to add on that i want to know like as you put in systems in place in your classroom management is getting better the way you progress as a teacher? Do you think that your wellness then also progressed with experience and the years you've got behind you as experience as a teacher?
2: That depends. It depends on the school. I do think it depends on the support you get. I think you definitely learn to manage things better, and and you you almost learn to really multitask quite a lot. So that will influence your well-being. But I think if you don't feel appreciated or you don't uh, get the support from the school, then that is definitely going to be difficult for your well-being. But I do think if you learn and know how to manage your class, then that already will assist you not feeling like you are fighting the whole day with your children and you have to focus so much on discipline, discipline that you can actually feel, wow, I can teach. So yes and no. Yes, I think you will learn being more organized and planning that will assist with your well-being and and knowing how to manage your class. But if you don't get the support from the school, that is going to be then difficult for your well-being.
3: I I absolutely hear what you're saying. And I, I, I agree with you completely in my minimal experience that I do have. But we do know that you've lectured students on classroom management before. And you've shared a lot of beautiful techniques so far. And I just want to know, What sort of skill do you think pre-service teachers should learn to be developing or cultivating through this experience as students that would be really good for us to be effective classroom managers?
2: There are four things that I think really stands out. I've spoken about this. I'm not going to go into detail. First of all, planning, being prepared for the day. There were some days my class was, I had to, I was in the corner upstairs. And some mornings I got a bit late at school and I just want to sit and have my coffee. And I think to myself, oh, we'll open the windows, we'll put on the lights. I'll put everything out once the children and I are in the class. And then that day, the children can see I'm not ready. I'm not. And then they were a bit more busy and they were a bit, um, they can feel it. They can see, okay, teacher's not ready. Teacher's not organized. But the days that I decided and that I tried most days to go earlier to my class, open windows, get everything ready, have already an activity on the board so that the moment when, when children come into the class, it's not immediately teach, it's you have to, first of all, here we who have the children have letters, is there money that you need to take in if there's a fundraising going on, cell phones that you need to collect, things children want to show you that they saw yesterday at, at home and they want to, or a letter they want to give to you. So I always let my children come in and I would let everyone sit down. We first greet, we first check in with each other. And then I will say, if you do not have something you need to bring to my table, quickly start with this activity. So again, planning, having something ready, because then you just have your children that come to you that you need to sort out of money, et cetera, letters, and the rest have something to do. Always keep your children busy. So you always have to be one step ahead. And the second one will then be organizing, being organized. No child can learn in a class that's dirty or that's unorganized or that's chaotic. Having an organized classroom and they know what are your systems. They know that now is the time that after we are collected, we are going to start with this subject. And then having leadership qualities. I think as a leader or as a teacher, you are automatically a leader, because you are the classroom manager. Being a leader, you have to motivate. You have to motivate your learners. You have to be in control. So you have to have groups that you control or you have to always know what are your system that you're going to use. Being competent communicator. You have to communicate clearly. And then, yeah, educators are learners. Educators should strive to create the best situation in which the learner can learn and you as an educator can teach. And then the last one, control should not be seen as a negative function where it's about discipline and punishment. It's more about Good motivation, effective communication, and a healthy educator leader relationship, and democratic leadership. When the children are a bit older, it's nice that they also get the opportunity to have class a class leader or and even a vice class leader, and they need to vote. It's their classroom, so having that system in place already at a young age, where children feel okay, we chose our class leader, we are we are managing. Yeah, so those would be, I think, the the four steps plan organizing leadership qualities and and control of the groups but in a positive way but i just want to also add that remember you are not perfect teachers make mistakes and you are allowed to make mistakes and it's going to happen but it has happened to me a lot but i think the biggest thing was admitting to my learners yes apologize if necessary and never lie never lie to your learners and don't sweat the small stuff i think That's also something, oh, I'm talking too much, yes.
1: I know that in one of your lectures you said, when you make a mistake, always say sorry or I was just testing you. (laughs) (laughs)
2: So (laughs) I remember that. (laughs) Don't lie. Don't lie to your children. And if they ask you something, pretend that that, because you feel like, oh, I should know that I'm the teacher. No, we we can't know everything. Then just tell them. Or another one that I always like to do is, why don't you go find out for us? Um, Let's see, can you bring the answer? I like that. Give
3: them
0: work. Yeah. Yeah. I'm absolutely in love with the idea of having these skills that you need to learn as a, a novice teacher and obviously develop them. You're not going to start out with them and it's something that you can't teach necessarily to actually like practice it. You need to actually have that experience behind you and go out to school, attempt these things and then see if it works for you or not.
1: So now I want to ask advice seeing that we have an expert in studio. So I was at a rural school the Classrooms were really big. It was around 35, 37 learners, and the language of teaching and learning were actually English. But I presented an Afrikaans first additional language. Now, most of the students come into the class with the mindset of, well, it's Afrikaans. I don't really need to pass it. So I don't know Afrikaans. I'm not going to listen. I'm not going to cooperate. So then the discipline was a real big problem because you struggle to actually catch their attention. I played bingo with them, with the Afrikaans, but then that actually didn't work because they, they don't focus. And I think that's like the mindset that come into the classroom, like, I don't understand the language. I'm not going to focus. I'm not going to even try. So seeing that you have this experience on multilingualism as Afrikaans home language and as closer lecturer, what do you think the advice would be for students coming into a classroom Teaching a new language to learners with that mindset that I don't have to pause, I don't need to learn. It is a
2: difficult one. And I think the reality is that a lot of our learners in South Africa, they learn either in a language that is not their home language or they have to learn another additional language that's even their third, fourth or even fifth language. I would also not feel very motivated. And that's where you as a teacher have to come in. I spoke about you as a teacher having to motivate. And I think the first thing with multilingualism and teaching in a multilingual and a multicultural classroom is that you would acknowledge their language, that you would first find out from then, okay, what are your home languages? And how would you say, for example, let's say you want to... um, speak about, I'm just thinking now Afrikaans, you want to do intensive where you focus on adjectives and you describe, so you say something is very green say gras say in Afrikaans. To ask, okay, how would you describe green in your language or how would you say it um, if you want to emphasize it's very green and then to go around so that they can feel, okay, well, the teacher's asking me about my language and trying to reach out so I can actually share and then you share, okay, this is how we will do say it in Afrikaans and to break it down and, and link it with their mother tongue. I think that is that is quite crucial. Let's say you teach in a classroom where a lot of learners speak the same mother tongue. And in the Western Cape, we do have Isikosa as as one of the most spoken languages in the Western Cape. So then for you to be able to use Isikosa to go from very basic one or two words from Isikosa to Afrikaans then already the child will feel wow okay the teacher's actually trying to teach in my language oh wow then I can do this I can then also try to learn Afrikaans it will take a lot of effort from the teacher definitely but the reward would be so much more and I think to make it fun teaching languages is not easy because it's not the easiest thing and the nicest thing to learn but to make it fun I know you mentioned that you playing bingo with them but maybe using songs, giving them the opportunity to come and and do a role play, listening to, let's say, Afrikaans music, but maybe someone like Early B who raps, things that will catch their attention. And then the motivation when they do well and they get it right to say, oh, wow, listen to you, you're speaking so beautifully. And oh, you used the word correctly today. And look at
3: this beautiful sentence that you wrote. So that was brilliant. I really want to thank you so much. I think I've Gained so many pearls of wisdom. I'm here writing notes, scribbling everything yeah. that you're saying, <laughs> absorbing it all in because it was absolutely brilliant. And I think that my biggest takeaway from this entire conversation is the fact that I need to re classroom management and discipline to the needs of my learners and also position them centrally in my class. I think a lot of the time it's easy to say, I'm the teacher, I'm yeah," And I think it's it's better to say, give them you know, the choice. Yes, give them presence and voice and aspect and and just definite big presence because I think we forget to see them. And you said it so profoundly as little individuals with little hearts. And I think, thank you so much. I I really gained a lot from this. So thank you so, so much.
0: With that being said, I think it's time for us to wrap up. So catch us on the next episode where we will continue this discussion. Even more academics, experts and students. Thanks so much.
3: Thank you. Bye. (laughs)